We are Maria and Nicole. We're two secular homeschooling moms that have been Been there, done that. Welcome to the Been There, Done That Homeschool Podcast. Today is episode three, and we're going to be talking about how to get started in homeschooling. We're going to be discussing the advantages and disadvantages, uh, along with state laws and requirements. Uh, We happen to be in Texas, but thankfully Nicole has lived in three other states, and we've done our homework, so we're going to be sharing that. We're also going to be talking about de-schooling and defining exactly what that is. And as usual, we want to stress that our podcast is an inclusive space for your everyday parents that are looking for education options. We are not here to convince you to homeschool. Uh, We want to stress that you need to do what works for your child and for your family. Every family is different. Absolutely. And you know your children best. So uh, feel free to take what advice or information you get from here that works for you and chuck the rest. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about getting started in homeschooling. And this is for, uh, say, you're a parent who has kids who are currently in school and you are just kind of researching different options, thinking about getting into this. Or maybe you have very young children that aren't school age yet, or maybe you don't even have kids yet, but homeschooling is something that um, is in your mind that you might want to do in the future. This is going to be a helpful episode for you. We're going to start out talking about the advantages and disadvantages. And um, these are kind of an actual pro and con list. Like we have another episode that's going to talk more about kind of myths and debunking myths. But So much to cover on this topic. Oh, my goodness. We could talk forever about it. So let's just um, start talking about what are some of the great things about homeschooling? Well, there's an extensive list, but I would say probably one of the first things that come to mind is the flexibility, the time saving. Oh, yeah. We can vacation anytime. I love that. I love going on vacation and everywhere we go, everybody's in school. So, you know, there's no lines and it's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Disney in December. Yes, please. Oh, exactly. All inclusives. (laughs) Cheap. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Another one uh, I think about is uh, sleeping in. It's sad when I see little tiny kids that aren't quite ready to wake up and, you know, everybody's nudging them to, to wake up and right, right. they're not even hungry yet and you're trying to force them out the door. And when they're little, um, my kids, my teenagers would probably argue this now because their their workload is a little bit more extensive now. But when, when they were younger, I definitely let them sleep until they were finished sleeping. It's much more pleasant to do math that way with like kids <laughs> who have been rested. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Another thing is that we can kind of school all year round. We don't have to commit to a traditional school schedule. Um, In a couple other states that we lived at, well, here in Texas too, but I I originally started homeschooling in Florida. And it was a lot easier to like really hit the schoolwork heavy in the summer when it was really hot and we didn't want to be outside. And then we could get out in the fall, in the spring and really take advantage of that beautiful weather without feeling guilty that we were kind of playing hooky there. I I remember uh, a a lot of times if I were doing a particular school year, maybe a 36 week curriculum, and I would finish that. And then we had the whole summer, but I did like to school year round because sometimes it's hard to get them started and, and for a new school year. So often I would do unit studies in the summer. And I particularly remember this one year where uh, my, my little guy was really into amphibians and we spent the entire uh, summer looking for frogs and looking, 
yeah we checked out books from the library yeah. and it was we made a lap book it was just such a fun summer so I love that so much oh I do too I always say that like the time uh, being masters of your own time is like my favorite thing about homeschooling um, it also is really helpful um, I had a husband who traveled a lot or had like an alternative work schedule for most of our early years in homeschooling so it was really great to be able to uh, maybe like go through the weekends doing stuff on our own when he wasn't there and then being able to you know hang out with him on Mondays when he was home right yeah I, I actually know a homeschool mom she's a nurse and she figures it out through that schedule which is insane she'll work three days solid and then she homeschools on the days whenever her schedule you know, she's not at work so that works great for them Another advantage would be the freedom. We have so much freedom to do whatever we want. We don't have to answer to any government school standard or requirement. There's no standardized test. Well, in Texas... No attendance records, no. In fact, uh, here we don't even have to say that we're homeschooling. So uh, we really uh, are kind of off the grid if that's important to you. Yes, I do love that about Texas. Uh, one thing that's kind of an interesting thing is my oldest, The we never tested. I, I always have taught my children right at the level they are. So if they didn't understand something, we just spent a little extra time on it. And if they, you know, were moving through something really fast, it was easy just to kind of jump and not spend a lot of time and waste time on something that they already knew. Sure. Teaching to mastery. Um, and, a, you know, a standardized test is really only as good as uh, what's covered in it. And if that's not what you're teaching to, if you're not teaching to a test, right. then it's really not necessarily going to be representative of what they know. Right. As a matter of fact, the first exam that my oldest ever took was their entrance exams into dual credit because I've always taught all of our subjects to mastery. So there was really never a reason to yeah, that. That's amazing. So another big plus to homeschooling is that you really have the opportunity to personalize the education for your child. Oh, definitely. Every every child learns so differently. So that's so important. Yes. Um, you know, you can uh, and you can do that by finding a curriculum that fits for your family, uh, which we'll talk about in another episode as well. Yeah. Um, but you also have the opportunity to really teach to your child's interests. Unschoolers do this 100 percent. I have a lot of friends that unschool and they're happy, their children are successful and it's a little scary for some families and it's not right for everyone, but it definitely works for some people. Yeah, a lot of kids, you know, find that it's uh, much easier to learn something that you truly are interested in. So please, I, I remember just my children are very project based and they learn really well whenever their interest is completely peaked on something. Oh, sure. Sometimes uh, they're so interested in something. I remember when my oldest pulled a bunch of old laptops from the attic and was so interested in computers and took them all apart and pulled RAM from one and a hard drive from another and built this massive... It it was an incredible computer. I've enjoyed watching them with some of their projects. I remember you guys picked up some like motors on the side of the street and built a... I don't know. Something that moved. (laughs) Well, it's really scary, especially when my 12-year-old built a motorcycle. I told him he wasn't allowed to have a motorcycle, and he insisted (laughs) on having a motorcycle. And so he says, well, I'm going to take this bicycle, and I'm going to put a motorcycle on it. And I said, okay. So the next thing I know, he puts an Amazon order for a gasoline motor. It arrives, and there's a 1,000 pieces on my living room floor. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I'm thinking, (laughs) okay, sure. Okay, there's going to be a motorcycle. About two weeks later... He had a motorcycle in my driveway and he was putting gasoline in it. And oh my goodness. I'm freaking out thinking, oh my God, my baby's about to explode. But you know what? 
It worked. And, and now he's got a motorcycle. <laughs> he now knows how to build a motorcycle. He wasn't old enough to drive it, but <laughs> he has a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The stories oh, my kids have. So I anyway, love that. The point is, is that just uh, this project-based learning, when they're, when they're so interested and you can kind of abandon some of those core subjects just for a short time is... Yeah. It's amazing to be able to, they're, they're, when they're really interested in something is when they're really at peak learning. So. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, uh, we kind of talked about this when we were talking about the flexibility of time too, but um, one of the things that I used to kind of joke about was, you know how you get to like, uh, school kids do this or school families do this too, but you know, you get to like October and then it's like the downhill spiral <laughs> to Christmas and like the holidays, like everything kind of just lets loose. And uh, homeschoolers r- tend to do that as well. And so I used to kind of joke once we got into the like we'd spend, you know, all this time making costumes and decorating and baking oh, that yes. I, I would joke about it being a uh, home ec semester. Home ec. Oh, you actually <laughs> do do that. <laughs> but so then one year I finally was like, you know what? I joke about this every year, but I'm actually going to write a home ec semester curriculum and I did and we we did budgeting uh we did baked uh, a lot of cookies we did we made homemade <laughs> gifts uh we did crafts that we sold at a craft fair you did a lot like, of sewing we did yeah. a ton of sewing I taught everybody how to work a pattern for their <laughs> Halloween costumes uh we did all kinds of stuff like that and so I mean it was just a lot of fun they learned so much and your kids are so capable <laughs> Absolutely. it was really great but also so back to kind of uh personalized education um that's also handy when you're dealing with some um, maybe learning disabilities or other dyslexia yeah dyslexia dysgraphia I I have a kid with dysgraphia we have several friends who have dyslexic kids Um, and so it is very handy to be able to just tailor that education to to whatever their needs are and that is that flexibility and that for some families that struggle sure sure Exactly. So anyway, so oh, one other point I wanted to make about that is just being really proactive for your children when, um, you know, you really need to get out there and find resources for your children, whether it's um, a core class or academics or what have you, or or just interests like fencing. My son was really into fencing at one point. And so guess what? I found a homeschool fencing class. Yeah, and we've done a lot of different things like that with other friends, too, where uh, maybe if we couldn't find a class or a particular thing for some kind of interest that we had, uh, we just started it ourselves. Right. Like we pulled together, you know, sometimes we had a parent that had actual ability in that field, but <laughs> right. um, sometimes it was just all of us pooling our resources exactly. and putting together something for our kids. The next pro for homeschooling would probably be strong family relationships. Mm, Definitely. And we have that. I mean, I have my older two kids are uh, 15 months apart, so they always were kind of close anyway. Um, But one of the reasons that we wanted to homeschool was that uh, I wanted them to be close. You know, I saw friends um, that had other school age kids that were the same distance apart, but they're a grade apart at school and you might not mix with the other. You're a sixth grader. I'm I'm only a fifth grader, but oh, they're a seventh grader. It's right. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And And then when I when I had my third, who was uh, four years, five years younger uh, than my older two, 
I realized that, you know, had they been in school, they would not have had all the at home time. Like they, they relished getting to see her walk and learn to talk and like all of her first, like they enjoyed it alongside me, but they otherwise would have been in school. Right. And you're, and and all your kids are close now. um, But I remember way back when, so you're really tall, giant oldest and your little (laughs) tiny little baby. They were so close. They were like little besties. They still are. They still are. (laughs) Yep. Two of them at college. They still face time like every day on the phone so, so so yeah that's awesome siblings with even wide age gaps can mm-hmm. be best friends and and friends some of my kids I remember when my little guy Cameron was probably about four and one of his best friends was I think 12 and the two of them just rode skateboards and hung out and oh yeah it was fantastic I love oh, that we loved yeah doing uh homeschool events that were multi-age multi because it was multi-family um it were just so fabulous to have all those mixes of ages right. the and that's boot. one thing you know one unfortunately this is kind of how it's set up I don't really know if there's any alternative in a school setting but you know you get oftentimes the same demographic the same age and so children learn to kind of relate to just that age group of the same kind of socioeconomical background where you know my kids from early on could relate to babies and and the elderly because we I mean, we did a lot of volunteering yeah, with the yeah. elderly and Alzheimer's centers and and so the idea of um, just being able to relate to multi-ages is yeah. fantastic. I I've always that. loved to see how homeschoolers, you can kind of pick them out uh, <laughs> when they're talking to you as an adult. <laughs> I remember we worked backstage for a theater production and one of the, uh, we had like an older brother was working with us. And uh, whenever we were on a break, he was always with the moms. Like just chit chatting with us, Actually, and he was yeah. he was very social and everything. And one day I was like, you know what? Were you, were you homeschooled? And he was like, yeah. How'd you know? And I was like, because you're talking to all the adults you're like we're regular speaking, people, like your people. Yeah. There's there seems to be kind of a disconnect sometimes. Not not always, of course. There's always exceptions, but sometimes between students and the teachers and and I've always made it a point. I mean, my kids call you Nicole, and your kids call well. Sometimes yeah. they call me Aunt Maria. And- yeah so it's just, yeah sometimes that's maybe that's a little too close <laughs> it's weird <laughs> yeah I think uh you know the point is that our kids have a relationship with us as well as uh with each other and <laughs> sure I and did. I absolutely love that I love um having our entire families being friends So another pro of homeschooling is that you really have the opportunity to foster a true love of learning. Yeah, we um, think, you know, what is our ultimate end goal? Well, uh, for me, it's to be a lifelong learner. Um, We should always want to be like, I'm a big, I'm a big reader. I think you are too. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, my mom or grandma always said was like things like, oh, if you could read, you can cook, you know, because you can do a recipe. But really, I mean, if you can read you can do anything you can teach yourself anything and then you know Mm -hmm. you and then youtube and like everything like that too i mean you've just taught yourself how to build a website Uh, (laughs) well i i used to do that but it was a completely different experience 20 years ago um on the back end and now (laughs) yeah these templates had me been in for a little bit but did a great job be sure to visit our website (laughs) (laughs) absolutely at btdt homeschool.com um but so also uh you know being able to uh, for some people it's important to instill a religious or an ethical instruction into your homeschool 
Yeah, and homeschooling has allowed me to teach my family the values that, that my family holds true. So sure, sure. We have a we have a mutual friend who um, uh, makes social activism is a big part of their homeschool. Um, they feel like uh, going to protests, uh, uh, doing things around voting and supporting candidacies and things like that are really important. So um, it's kind of cool to see all the different things that you can do to personalize your homeschool exactly. to so, the worldview that you hold. And I touched on it a little while ago about volunteering. Uh, that's always been a huge part of our homeschool. Um, when, well, yeah, when my kids were really little, it was hard for them to do much. You know, they're little. Uh, so I found that Meals on Wheels was actually perfect for our family. Even my little tiny toddler at the time would hop in their car seat and hop out and walk to the door. And Aww. I'm telling you the People who receive those meals love to see the kids. Oh, they probably did. That was probably just as big of a treat for the right. like social aspect of having you, the visit and everything exactly. was as important as the actual nutrition, right? Yeah. And one one year uh, we fell in love with this elderly couple. They were just incredible and they were alone. Uh, they had older children, but they never visited them and they were they were kind of destitute. And so uh, we delivered the food earlier that day and it was Thanksgiving and um, no, I'm sorry, it was the day before we delivered the food and we thought about them. We made all these pies that morning of Thanksgiving and we were about to sit down to meals and we started talking about them. And I said, you know what? What do you think that we take these pies over to them? Oh, we did that. And oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah, so what we, a treat. And we actually took them. They were so they were ecstatic. I oh don't know gosh. if they ate them. <laughs> but That's OK. They were probably um, full of happy feelings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, I love that. That was a that was a really uh, it's a warm memory for all of us. Yeah, that's fantastic. We've done things like um, making sandwiches for the homeless and just divvying them out. There's no yeah. organization. We just did it. Um, yeah, we do the um, big Thanksgiving with AGB uh, uh, and Central Market every year. They do yeah. in, in several different towns where we go and serve a Thanksgiving meal, and I love that. Uh, we love to do that. It's a it's yeah really a cool opportunity mm -hmm. and there's a, of course a lot more daytime opportunities for some of these volunteer things when you are a homeschooler as well right. yeah just instilling these um you know these values into your children it's sure. it's lifelong so i love it so important i love it so uh one of our last pros for homeschooling i am just gonna say is that we are able to be present um, in our children's lives, we're able to see um, some of the day to day things that they wouldn't right. uh, or that we wouldn't necessarily if they were in school. And we're able to help, uh, like, for instance, like if a bad experience happens, uh, like we're still there to help guide right. um, them through that because we're with them during the There's day. There's so many examples that, you know, we're not, you know, you think that as homeschoolers that we're right there with them all the time, but that's absolutely not the case. There's no way you can always be there, especially right. if you're at the playground, you're tending to your other children, talking to somebody, um, getting snacks, you know, whatever, whatever sure. you're doing, you're, even if you're present, you're not always right there. So your children are experiencing things all the time without you having, you know, overshadowing or in helicoptering, which I'm I wouldn't call myself a helicopter parent because I my goal is for them to experience the world. Yeah. I want to give them, you know, I want to give them more, not take away. So, I mean, right. just one one time I remember we were sitting over on some chairs and us moms were chatting and the kids were in the playground. They were under like the structure, like underneath the slides and everything. And there were a couple kids under there and I thought they were playing happily. They were actually, they had a store and they had mulch currency and it was <laughs> I love cute. That. They were buying rocks or something. 
And one of the other kids actually took a rock and threw it at my kid's head. Oh, no. He came out of there and was screaming and bloody and, you know, just navigate. I mean, that was a physical assault. But, I mean, plenty of other things have happened. Bullying, that happens in homeschool. So we're there to actually help guide them through it. And I, I, I didn't have any guidance. And so I want my children to be able to handle situations. So how are they going to do that without being taught? So Right, right. Um, so let's now get into some of the cons of homeschooling. There are definitely cons. I know. Sometimes when people will ask this on like a message board, like what are the pros and cons, we'll get a lot of people will be like, oh, there aren't any cons. Oh, there's plenty of cons. <laughs> I mean, we'd love all all to live that life, but I, it's simply not true. There are some cons to homeschooling. So um, let's talk about them. It's, uh, well, it's a lot. People don't make this decision lightly. It's a huge responsibility to take on your children's education sure I mean if you think about it like if you're if your kids go to school and they turn out rotten <laughs> you can blame the school blame the but school. like anything that goes awry with us like oh it's because they were homeschooled so that's like a huge pressure on you oh yeah and, like, and you remember when they were little every time we went to the grocery store the old lady in the checkout line behind us would start quizzing our kids well what is five plus two <laughs> Right, right. That doesn't happen with public school kids, but I'm telling you, it's a thing for homeschoolers. Yes, there's a lot of pressure. And um, and there can be a huge workload as well, depending on what kind of curriculum you choose, which we'll get into in another episode. There's all kinds of different things from online school to outsource classes and stuff like that. But, you know, a lot of us uh, do teach a curriculum on our own. So that takes a lot of time and can be a heavy, you might have a lot of prep work that you have to do in advance for that. I've even made my own curriculum over the years um things yeah. that suited my kids better than something I could have found sure or but cheaper savings yeah but that definitely takes time and then you know because then we are also the teacher and the parent and the um partner and everything like that uh finding balance finding balance is definitely one of those things that I'm challenged with uh I remember well, actually, this happens now as whenever I, you know, sometimes on the weekend, I want to be fun mom. I don't want to be yeah. homeschooler mom. I want to be fun mom and go to the zoo and do all the fun things. Well, right. I wouldn't dare to go to the zoo on the weekends because I'm a homeschooler. Yeah, but, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but sometimes I want to just be fun mom and, you know, I got to wear a different hat. And it's mm-hmm. it's sometimes I can give my kids whiplash with that because right. it can yeah. be hard to switch from one role to the other. For yeah, sure, so finding for sure. that balance. I I always talk about, I always joke about the the homeschool trifecta. Um, that like you can have a clean house, <laughs> and you can have perfectly schooled kids, and you can um, get your workout in, or you know have all great homes homemade meals. Three things um, only. But yeah, that's but you have to pick like two of those yeah. you can't have all three the same day or, or have a healthy relationship with your partner right have a, yeah have, you have gotta a pick house. a couple of those like some days are going to be better than others for sure so yeah. so sometimes some things go whenever there's need for something else the house is a disaster okay kids no school today we're all cleaning yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so, oh, yeah. Okay, so well, let's move on to another 
yeah. uh, drawback would be excessive interaction. Right. This is <laughs> the problem that nobody thinks is going to be a homeschool problem. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every everybody wants to know about socialization and oh, the oh, S word. Yes, you said it. we're actually going to do a whole episode on that as oh, well. Yes. But um, for sure, one of the problems is uh, because we homeschool, because we have more hours in the day, it is really, really easy to sign up for everything everything my calendar I don't know what happens I I find balance and by you know mid-August we're checking along and all of a sudden early September and I can't find time to do anything we've signed up for extra stuff that wasn't even on the board Mm -hmm. and I'm like what just happened and so we have to (laughs) dial it back and start okay what are we cutting today kids because we cannot do everything right we're like literally living in our car um, eating our meals out of thermoses that might not even be homemade at this point because we don't have time. We're like, we're homeschoolers. We need to get home so that we can do I mean, some school. <laughs> and oftentimes maybe school might ch- take an hour, but but right. still there are so many activities available for homeschoolers. Everything you can imagine, book club, field trips, yes, everything. everything. <laughs> and especially if you have like some easygoing kids, a couple of my kids if I'm like, hey, do you guys want to learn to um, join macrame class? They'd be like, yeah. Yeah, everything's a yes. <laughs> one, one of them is a no to everything. One of them I do have to like force into that kind of stuff. And then she likes it. But, and then later it's like, but, oh, thanks for making me do that, mom. Yes. But the other ones, <laughs> like anything I brought up, they were like game. Let's let's do it. So like there's, yeah, there's saying a lot. no is hard. <laughs> yeah, there, there's just so much because you. that's the one reason, like I said earlier, I, I wanted to homeschool. I wanted to give my kids everything. The world is our classroom. And I love that. But the world's big. <laughs> there's a yeah. lot in it. So and there's a lot to do. <laughs> but right. so that really like then translates also into uh, another one of our cons, which is cost. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of resources on homeschooling being free and uh, or being cheaper. But um, for a lot of us, uh, there is a cost to homeschooling mm-hmm. and it, it can be very expensive. There's many people uh, that one of the partners stop working and give up their career to be able they're educating their children and they may take this on full time. Yeah, so you definitely have to be able to afford to a, live on one income a or well, a limited and, income. And then um, someone might, like me, I, I'm a single mom, like have an extremely tight budget. Luckily, I find things that work and this is kind of on the pro side, but uh, things like, you know, in my area, in my county, uh, dual credit is free, which is fantastic because that's how my kid got two years of college free, which is awesome. Uh, teacher discounts, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and one thing my, my brother and other people who have kids in school tell me that, well, public school is certainly not free. Um, right. There's fees and sports t-shirts and, and booster club and yeah, yeah, all of your stuff is extra mm-hmm. with yeah. that. I don't think my ex-husband would agree with that. He thinks it's free. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not so. But uh, yeah, so it's that can be tricky to navigate. Uh, There are some states that we'll get to later that do uh, offer a, um, you know, credits and this and that, but that doesn't always come free of charge or without strings either. So, um, you know, that comes Mm -hmm. with regulation and things like that. So it definitely is something to consider as a con to homeschooling. So yeah, state laws and and requirements. Uh, One thing we've said before is we are in Texas and it's a an extremely awesome state to homeschool in we don't have to answer to anyone we don't have to turn anything in we don't have to test uh, we're pretty much uh, in charge of our entire destiny which 
I love. <laughs> yes, I so. do too. We've, um, you know, we've homeschooled. Well, I should first say that uh, homeschooling is legal in all 50 states. So it is definitely allowed anywhere that you live here in the U.S. of A. Um, uh, there are varying requirements, though, for different states. So like we we're saying, Texas is a very friendly, uh, homeschool-friendly state. Um, I've lived in three other states, and uh, it's actually kind of funny because we started out in Florida, where there is a yearly, uh, or at least it was when we lived there. I think it's still the same. Uh, but it has a yearly either standardized test or portfolio evaluation mm-hmm. um, that has to be done, as well as uh, you do have to file a letter of intent that you're going to be homeschooling. Um, and then we moved from there to Georgia, which their testing moved to like every three years, like once you were in a certain oh, grade. really? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to Louisiana where they didn't have any testing mm-hmm. and they didn't have, uh, uh, Georgia also had like attendance reports. But then we moved to Louisiana, which like was one, le- like every state that I moved west had like one less requirement. <laughs> but when we got to Texas and they didn't have any that I kept asking people, I was like, wait, I don't have to like send a letter. No letter. To say that we're homeschooling at all. No, that's the fantastic part about living in Texas and homeschooling is, you know, the flexibility to do whatever you want, whatever works for your kid. Um, so you are really in charge of their entire education, which can be a con. Yeah. So that's something to consider if you are thinking about homeschooling or wanting to pull your um, child out of school. The first thing that you would need to do is you need to look at what your state requirements are. Um, So like we said, uh, you know, there's some states that have no notice to the school district. There are some that have super strict homeschool laws. Mm -hmm. So you want to look those up. um, And usually the best thing to do is to find a homeschool group that is state based in your state. And uh, that way you can get those questions that are usually most current uh, answered. Right. Um, And on the show notes on our website, we'll have a link there for that information. For a couple different things. Yeah. And most so most homeschool, uh, most states that are going to have homeschool requirements are going to tell you maybe uh, what you must teach. We actually do have Texas does have like a you must teach a bona fide um, curriculum that includes community. I think there's civics. A, it's, yeah, it's, it's very vague. Quite so, vague and but it, quite it does say like what what you must teach. Um, there's going to be rules for withdrawing from school. Um, each state is going to have a compulsory age um, or a mm-hmm. kindergarten. Like Texas does not have kindergarten. And a lot of people um, are always surprised to hear that when I t- when I tell them that that you know they're stressing out for four or five year olds and. And they're like, oh, I don't know if I want a homeschooler or if I need to enroll them. I'm like, you have another year. You, yeah, you, you can... there's a compulsory school age where you, you have to send them to school or be truant or or homeschool or right. private school. And a five-year-old but... and a six-year-old are very different. So, absolutely, you, you know, a absolutely. whole year of growth can really kind of change your outlook on it, too. Yeah. But so then, uh, yes, so compulsory age, uh, some states are going to have a reporting requirement, some might have an attendance requirement, some may require a letter of intent or some kind of uh, registration Mm -hmm. with the state. By the way, that's something I always think is funny that Texas doesn't have one because it makes me realize that like there's no real like number of Texas homeschool like there's no way to track that. There's no way. Like so when they're making when they when they say statistics about like Texas homeschool like 
there that's a made up number it is completely made up there's there's <laughs> no weird? way to track it because there's no one to report to yeah that like we are homeschooling like unless i you know they might count kids that were in school and then le- left to homeschool but like there's no yeah, because well, like we've never yeah. gone to school so we've like, never we're, my we're kids not, have never gone to school we're not on that yeah so so <laughs> anyway my little number. my little sidebar um but yeah so uh, continuing on with that we might have a, a testing or portfolio evaluation um uh, some states have what's called an umbrella school Mm -hmm. Um, That might be an alternative education school that like oversees homeschooling. Like in one state, like they handled all of our attendance records and they would like sign off on your thing. So certain school, certain states have that. um, If you hear that term, umbrella school. And so we'll have some links on our website on the show notes uh, for this episode. Well, you can go out there and check it out and see uh, some resources for you. Absolutely. And yep, find your local state support groups. Uh, Are we going to touch on de-schooling? Yeah, let's move on to de-schooling. And this is specifically for folks who are taking a child out of a school environment, whether that's private, public. Um, a lot of times we see questions like, oh, I want to pull my child from school, but I need to, like, what curriculum should I use? Like, I need to have that. You don't have to have that all right. figured out before right. before you pull your child. So you pull your child, and I always say good news, like, you should de-school. Right, and a lot of times the instinct for a lot of parents is to pull them out and immediately that they're so scared. They're afraid that their child's going to be left behind. So they immediately want to start something to keep up with the school standards. And it's, you don't have to do that. No, you, it ends you, up being a disaster sometimes. It like. does, because oftentimes they're pulling a child out because they're either, there's a, an emotional or mental or even academic um, setback. And sometimes a child just kind of needs a moment to reset and that time will allow them to do that. Yeah. So the the technical definition of de-schooling is that it's the adjustment period a child goes through when leaving school and beginning homeschooling. So to fully benefit, you want the child to let go of that whole private public school culture as the norm. Mm -hmm. And this is just, this is crucial to beginning homeschooling after a period of time spent in a classroom. And um, so this is, you just kind of want to take, take the time to focus on the relationship because many times uh like i said a child's pulled out because there's a certain i don't want to say trauma some children do have a trauma that that you know and inevitably makes a parent pull them out of school but it's just really important in those times to really focus on your relationship with your child and just allow them to be a kid for a minute uh let them kind of take a breath and you know, enjoy the things that they love, you know, let them play outside, read a book, uh, go to some museums, just allow them that time to decompress. Yep. And it's I mean, that's buying you the time then that you can spend uh, researching different homeschooling styles and learning about what your child's particular learning style is and just, you know, kind of healing up that relationship there. And And I know it sounds daunting, um, but you're not going to ruin them like in a few months. Like, Well, yeah. and another point to make is that, you know, what you can accomplish in 30 minutes. Um, oh, yeah. You can accomplish a lot more in 30 minutes than an in- entire school day. Right. Because, I mean, a lot of what's happening in a school day is um, paperwork and waiting, waiting in line, like else. transitions right. to other things. But you're going to get a lot more done in a school day. So it's it's not going to matter. Um, it also is important that... Uh, 
this is longer than just like summer break or winter break. Like some people like pull their kid at winter break and they're like, okay, well, we're just going to take off two weeks and then we're going to start January. For, well, you right. were going to do that anyway right. for like holiday break. That's not like, decompression that's, time. That's not de-schooling. No. A, a good rule of thumb is to do like one month for every year in school. Right. So, you know, you got a, a fifth grader and five months may seem like forever, but your child is going to start to enjoy learning. They're going to start to enjoy themselves, enjoy your relationship, enjoy projects, right? Uh, and learn from those things that interest them. They're going to learn when their their interest is peaked, right? And taking a break from academics doesn't mean that you're not doing anything at all. Like you can totally do things like watching documentaries or encourage like more reading of leisure books, uh, art. You know, go places. Mm-hmm. Like take the opportunity right now to go to all those museums that are <laughs> empty. Uh, do plays. Uh, go to the library. You you know, find yeah. uh, find other homeschoolers. Cook this is together. A, Cooking. That's, oh, yeah. There's math right there. <laughs> right, right. So they, they are learning right. for sure. Mm-hmm. Be sure to check out our website and we will have, uh, under this episode, we'll have some links that reference uh, some of the state requirements, laws, and, and this list of pros and cons to homeschooling. On our next episode, we're going to be talking about some different homeschooling philosophies and learning styles and a little bit about identifying your worldview. Mm-hmm. See you next episode. Cheers. Check us out on our website at btdthomeschool.com, as in been there, done that, btdthomeschool.com. You can join our mailing list and get news and updates on future podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at the BTDT Been There, Done That Homeschool Podcast.